0: Welcome to the WISE Guys podcast. I am your host, Marquise Coates, along with two of our WISE program student members, Camille Vickers and Kevin White. WISE, which stands for Working to Be Informed, Studious, and Engaged, is a male mentorship program at Villanova University through the Center for Access, Success, and Achievement. WISE focuses on professional development and mentorship for underrepresented and first-generation male students on campus. The WISE podcast will highlight individuals, topics, and conversations to help college students learn, connect, and be inspired as they journey through college. All right, all right. So we are excited today. Um, We have here with us uh, one of Villanova's own, one of Villanova's finest, uh, Mr. Trey Ferguson. Um, He is a former uh, Villanova student alum now i a graduate, uh, what, two years ago, I believe, um, almost two years ago. He's in law school now pursuing a JD MBA degree at Vanderbilt. Um, he was a part of uh, our WISE program early on and helped cultivate the culture for our WISE program. So we're really, really excited to have him on um, our show today. So we just want to say welcome, Trey. Well, welcome back, rather.
1: Definitely, and no, I appreciate it. Wise was was very instrumental in my Nova experience, so I'm definitely always, you know, happy to to pay it forward and, and participate in any way that I can.
0: All right, cool, man. So we're just going to jump right in. We're going to keep it light. So, what's going on with you, man? What you, what you up to these days?
1: And yeah, so right now, I'm only taking you know class at my MBA program, uh, which has been nice, only because I majored in in policy and economics in undergrad, and uh, econ particularly is just very theoretical, so. Right now, I'm taking a lot of finance classes. It's kind of letting me see your appeal back, the you know, layers of of business um, in that aspect. Um, getting to meet my classmates, getting involved with extracurriculars. Um, so it's been a nice change of pace, you know, from law school, which is very kind of individualistic and just up to you to kind of read at your own pace. So I'm um, really enjoying, you know, my time right now at, at Vanderbilt. I'm looking forward to my internships, you know, this upcoming summer.
0: Great, right, great. Right. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned a lot of that. and, um, and, and before kind of we get into that, because I, I automatically want to jump in, but just for the viewing audience, who who is Trey Ferguson? Who is Mr. John Trey Ferguson, as as you know? Um, who, who is he? Where is he from? Um, you know, what is he about? You know, that kind of thing.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Nashville. Um, so it's nice to kind of be back. Um, grew up playing a lot of travel tennis and, and basketball as well. Um, I kind of just consumed, you know, most of my free time up until high school. Um, in high school, you know, I took a, a personal finance class, and I think that kind of opened my eyes more sort of the academics and kind of made me not as interested in athletics anymore um, just because of how interesting I thought the subject matter was. And so I knew when I went to college that I wanted to major in something that, you know, was business kind of business-oriented. Um, you know, and then uh, ended up coming to Nova, which was a very kind of interesting process for me. I had originally early decision to Rice down in Houston. Um, I have a lot of family in Houston, and then, you know, I also didn't really know what I wanted to do career-wise when I was graduating high school, so I was kind of always interested in architecture, Um, and Rice, you know, I think has the best architecture school for undergraduates, and so I had early decision to Rice, um, but I hadn't actually visited the campus yet, and so I ended up visiting the campus during my senior year after I'd already ED'd um, and just didn't, you know, I really wasn't feeling the vibe when I went down there. Um, and so I ended up pulling, you know, pulling my application out. Um, and, you know, it came down pretty much to Nova and Wake Forest. And um, I, I mean, I lived in Nashville my whole life, so I wanted to get out of the South. And I didn't, Wake Forest kind of just seemed like it would remind me of, uh, of Villanova, I mean, of of Nashville. So ended up picking Nova. I guess it helped that they had just won the national championship right before I decided. Um, So as a basketball fan, that was, that was a big contributing factor to my decision. But, um, you know, ended up going to Nova, enjoyed my time there, met some great people. Um, You know, I guess, uh, you know, very happy that I ended up coming only because it's opened up a ton of doors, not only just from like the Nova network that you um, get kind of ingratiated into, but also just like the friendships that I made, the lessons that I learned while I was there. Um, it's all kind of paid paved the way for the man that I've become today.
0: Well, wonderful man, and and like I said, man, we're we're definitely uh, just like I said, glad to have you on. Um, we have also here in in, in our studio with uh, um, our other Y staff, uh, Mr. Uh, Kevin White, obviously, and then also too, uh, Mr. Camille Vickers. So I'm going to have them, you know, jump in at this time, um, you know, kind of reintroduce themselves and, and jump in with any questions that they may have for you as well.
2: Yes, sir, my name is Kevin White. I'm a senior here at Villanova University. I major in applied
3: quantitative finance um, and uh, I'm a co-ambassador of WISE. How's it going everybody? My name is Camille Vickers. I'm a junior here at Villanova University, majoring in political science with a minor in Japanese. I'm from North New Jersey and I'm also a co-ambassador here abroad. WISE. And Trey, with your introduction, you kind of answered a few of the questions that we had, but um,
2: one of the first ones we wanted to ask you is first, Um, Why did you choose Villanova? And second of all, did your perception of Villanova change after a year on campus?
1: Yep. So I knew I wanted to go somewhere that was kind of far from Nashville. I didn't want to go somewhere where, you know, my parents could unexpectedly just pull up on my, on my door. Um, (laughs) So that's, that's one of the reasons I kind of want to get out of the South. Um, And so Villanova was really attractive to me aside from like the sports aspect. um, I knew it would kind of put me outside my comfort zone while also um, you know, pushing me academically. And so I think that was one of the biggest reasons why I ended up deciding to come to Nova. Um, I ended up getting invited to participate in stoves um, as well, which really kind of drove home the point that that's where I wanted to be, just in terms of getting to like meet people and and familiarize myself with the campus before that school actually started. So um, I was interested mainly just for kind of the academic rigor that I knew I was going to undergo, um, but also being able to be, you know, in such a diverse place like Philly, um, and being able to like have, or I guess, enjoy kind of the culture of Villanova uh, from the people that I had been talking to as well. Uh, to your second point about, you know, did my perception of the school change? Um, I don't know if it necessarily changed. I just think it took me a while to actually concretize that perception, right? I, in my first year, I had a lot of stuff going on at home. And so like, while I was physically on campus, I think my mind was kind of still in Nashville. Um, so I really wasn't taking, you know, full advantage of, of what Villanova had to offer. But in terms of my perception, I know when I got there, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. And so, one of the things that I was really intent on kind of in the later end of my freshman year and beginning of sophomore year was just creating spaces where, you know, people that look like me could fellowship and, um, you know, just enjoy each other's company. Um, And so, that was kind of the first perception I had. But you also kind of at least for me, you know, in my classes, it was very clear that the teachers really wanted you to succeed and were willing to, like, take time out of their day, whether that was office hours or outside of office hours, just to help you. So um, my perception, I think, was good from the start. You know, I recognized there were some things that, that needed changing, um, and I was definitely willing to kind of um, help facilitate those changes as well.
0: And, and, uh, and I just want to kind of pause in here too, real quick, uh, Trey, because we we didn't even mention it. Um, but obviously, um, as you know, we brought you on here, um, not only because you're, um, you know, doing great things and we're going to get into all of that. Um, you, you were successful here at Villanova. Um, you were part of Wise and things like that. Right. Um, but also too, just for our audience to be able to understand what it, what it's like, um, not only being at Nova, but making that transition into, you know, um, furthering edu- your education and career. So the topic, Um, that we're really getting at today, Um, our topic really is transition. Um, And what does that look like? How does that, you know, how does that feel in terms of the decisions you have to make? How do you set that up? You know, because obviously you went from graduating to jumping right into a JD MBA program, which is phenomenal um, at one of the top schools in the country, leaving Villanova. So just keeping that in mind that our topic really today is dealing with transition and helping our young people um, and our other other students know um, what transition looks like. So I'm going to let Camille jump in uh, now. I think he has a question or two.
3: Yeah, so with that topic of transition, uh, you were talking earlier about when you got to Villanova, looking at all the things that Villanova had to offer and seeing how your professors could possibly support you. So in what ways, uh, which clubs, organizations, and mentors helped you succeed on campus, and how were you able to find these individuals?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is BALSA. Um, I was lucky enough to kind of get integrated into Bolsa's community really early on. I mean, I thought... I. I always knew I wanted to go to law school. I didn't know kind of what I, if I wanted to practice corporate law or anything like that, but um, I knew I really wanted to go to law school. And so I remember kind of meeting the Bolsa representatives at um, my first like club fair that they hosted at the Oreo. Um, So I was able to get on their meeting list for that. Um, And then just kind of took it from there. They were great in just like getting you prepped for the LSAT, kind of helping you understand like the legal ecosystem um, and then plugging you in with, you know, Villanova, particularly black Villanova alum. Um, to kind of mentor you from there. So BOLSO is definitely the first thing, obviously Black Student Union, which I'm forgetting with the name of what it used to be, but it didn't always, it wasn't always BSU, um, but that was really big just in, you know, helping me meet other black students that I might've not met at stoves or kind of just like in my classes, um, just having that community to rely on and, you know, having people to talk to about similar experiences is really helpful, especially just kind of given the lack of diversity on campus. Um, WISE obviously I don't think I got involved with WISE though until a little bit later in my um, undergraduate time so I think that was around junior year but um, being able to work with you know Mr. Coates and, and my co-president Aaron to kind of build up some of the events that you know, we were really interested in and in cultivating was really important um, and just getting to meet all the people that you know we were hosting events with so you know Kevin Covington from from CASA as well um, and then getting to meet all the people through cuts and convos and you know the f- different speaking engagements we had was really great um so i think those three organizations so both of bs human were the biggest things for me and then i had two professors that were really pouring into me like from super early on so dr burge and dr o. olabi both from the political science department um were really kind of taking me under their wing early and like showing me the free game about like how to network and like how to make sure my grades are good um just because of how important they were for the law school application so Luckily I kind of was just getting hit from all facets on, you know, not having like the organizational support from, you know, extracurriculars, but also having professors that were willing to take time out their day to, you know, catch me up to speed on like life skills, I think was really important as well.
0: So so I just wanted to jump in real quick. You said a lot of good stuff. Um <clears throat> how you know what what really I guess sparked that fire for you to kind of go after you know, um, you know, these particular clubs, um, but also too, to, to kind of, you know, seek out that mentorship for yourself. And you talked about the different professors that helped you, you know, is that something that you've always had in you since you were in high school? I know, cause you know, some people come to college, they're kind of laid back. They don't really know who to talk to. Like, how was that process for you? And what made you kind of feel like, okay, I need to, I need to connect now and get with these individuals because, you know, this is what I want to do.
1: Yep. I think it was just, um, I think so. What ended up happening for me is I interned at a law firm, going into my, I guess going into my junior year, um, and I just saw kind of the. I kind of always knew about mentorship and the the role that mentors can play in your in your professional development, but I didn't really see it in person until that internship. And so, I think once I came back to school, you know, I was just so intentional about seeking out as much information as possible. You know, I think people, particularly in like communities of color a lot of this information is hidden from us just because we don't see it growing up. And so um, I really wanted to just amass as much information as possible as it relate to professional development, and then you know kind of take that information and make decisions. Um, and so luckily I had a lot of professors that were willing really to just give me that free game. Um, some of it I obviously had to seek out myself. You know, I think every homecoming, there's like a black alumni panel or mixer or something. And I ended up meeting a lot of black um, Villanova Law alumni that now worked at really big firms in New York and Philadelphia and so that was really early on in my kind of academic career as well and they poured into me Um, and I think as I just met more people that were willing to mentor me you know I started to make better decisions I just moved more tactical Um, I think I was just smarter with the decisions I was making and then I was able to kind of pay it forward you know to others as to like let me give you this free game now that I have it so I think the biggest thing is, is lifting as you climb right it's one thing to have the information yourself but if you're not really helping others out with it um, it's a little you know you're kind of just stopping the tree of knowledge at that point so um, i was lucky enough to kind of get in the environment of mentors and then um, you know just disseminate that information from there so i think i kind of had the initial understanding of the importance of mentorship but being at nova i think took it to the next level um, And i think i participated in a program Via CASA and the Career Center. I think it was called ACE, if I'm not mistaken, um, which also kind of drove home all those points as well. And that did like the strength finders test and just gave you a lot of like raw experience with, you know, advocating for yourself and speaking to your strengths. And so all of these experiences kind of parlayed together, um, set me on the path that I'm on right now.
2: So and that's a great segue to a few of the other questions we wanted to get to. Um, you know, after reaching some of your short-term goals, you know, uh, declaring your majors, um, getting some internships, how did that transition process go in terms of you um, transitioning from being a mentee and becoming a mentor on campus?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it was just the realization that so many people had poured into me, you know, as I was kind of going through my my growing pains and like my big decisions when it related to internships that um, I really wanted to serve as that resource, you know, for others just because of how important it was to me. So. Even something as simple as you know, how do you send a cold email, or um, how do you conduct like an informational interview? Um, you know how to format your resume. Um, you know things like that, like getting your elevator pitch correct, like how to dress professionally. All of these things, you know, are super important, especially you know to Black men, um, and communities of color overall. And so, I think once I kind of understood how all that stuff worked together. Um, I was just really intentional about kind of giving it to others, right? I mean, I grew up, you know, seeing my mom um kind of mentor you know a lot of um, diverse medical students, and so I think it was always kind of, uh, you know, in my blood, but I think i it wasn't until I saw it face to face that I realized, okay, this is something I need to be doing now. um so even now, like I'm always. I have a lot of mentees that you know i look over their um law school application packages i look over their applications to like firms for internships i um, just giving them like general professional advice and i think i get more joy honestly out of out of seeing my mentees when you know when i you know have a win or get an internship or um do well in a class you know i think seeing my mentees do well um provides me much more joy so um, I think for me, it was just kind of the desire to to give out the game that I was receiving only because I really wanted to see other people do well. Wow, that's good.
3: Um, go ahead, Camille. You talk about being intentional and how you figured out to do that at NOVA. Um, so we wanted to ask about within your time here at NOVA, how did you figure out a jd was was for you? How did you figure out to be intentional in your time here and work towards obtaining that degree?
1: Yep. so I so I was a double major as I said earlier in poli sci and econ. Um, I declared my poli sci major first, and it just so happened that one semester I had like an elective space, and so I ended up taking intro to micro. Um, I think with Professor Kelly, who at the time was chair of the econ department. Um, and I think aside from just really enjoying her teaching style, I like really loved the material that I was learning, um, and so. I was like, well, you know, I might as for a while I was thinking about making my own major because you know you have that availability at uh, at the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. And So I wanted to make like a political economy major, um, but after talking to um, some of the professors, it just made more sense to just be a double major in econ and poli sci. Um, and so once I kind of got more in the weeds with my econ classes, I realized I just really enjoy kind of the intersection of of law and business. Um, obviously, econ is very kind of 30,000 foot view and theoretical, but um, I was really interested in further studying like how laws affect business and vice versa. Um, and so the JDMB started kind of popping in my mind. Um, and it's a little unorthodox, to be honest, because a lot of times, you know, when you get your MBA, it's good that you have a couple years of work experience beforehand. Um, but I, I just knew I wanted to get more in the weeds with finance. If even if I decided, like if I decided to go into business or decide to go into law, I really wanted to have a stronger understanding of of finance and really financial accounting. Um, And so that's why I ended up pursuing the JD MBA. So I got into the law school first. And then once I got into the law school, I pretty much just applied to the MBA program because they waived the GMAT because it was during COVID. And so I knew, you know, once I was already in the JD program, it would be hard for them to deny me from the MBA, even without work experience, because... You know, for them, that's tuition money. And for me, it's, you know, another aspect of my education that I really wanted. And I was already there as well. So um, ended up applying to the MBA kind of right right when I got into my JD program. And that was a strategy that my mentor, just going back to the point, the importance of mentorship, that was a strategy that my mentor told me. Because, you know, once you, right, right when you get into the MBA, to the JD, apply to the MBA program. Um, and so that's what I did. Um, and it just opened a ton of doors for me, honestly, already, aside from like the law classes, um you have to take like business communication in the mba so now i'm like enhancing my skills on how to speak professionally and and network i'm taking like intro to financial accounting so now i can read and um, i can read the three financial statements and understand how they work together i'm taking you know corporate valuation so in terms of like valuing a company or um things like that like i'm really just supplementing everything i learned at villanova um so while it was kind of uh, um, I think it was a well thought out decision, but I don't think I understood in time how much it was actually going to benefit me to get the JD and MBA. So um, I really enjoyed it. It also gives me an extra summer. So it's a four year program, and so now I have, compared to like the regular three years that it would take to get your law degree, I now have an extra summer to like do a business internship, which I'm going to be doing this upcoming summer, um, to kind of see whether you know I want to go into law or into business. Um, so I, it's probably been one of the best decisions I could have made, honestly. Um, and there was a lot of people that kind of try to talk me out of it. Um, but I'm happy that, you know, I kind of remained steadfast to my goal and, and kind of just pushed forward.
0: And, and I'm glad you brought that up because a couple of things come to mind and you kind of alluded to <clears throat> to this a little bit, but what are you looking to do with your JD MBA? Um So that's one question that I want to ask. Um, and then the other question has to do more or less with um, giving advice to um, juniors, sophomores who are undergraduates? Because I know you've had this experience who are trying to get an internship opportunity or even looking towards the future. Um, and just giving some advice to them in regards to you know, how they can go about getting you know that internship or what they need to do to prepare.
1: Yeah. So in terms of what I want to do, I'm not exactly sure. Um, so I interned at a law firm in New York last summer um, with their MA and and with their private funds team. And so I think kind of the private as the private equity aspect of law is really interesting to me, um, but I'm not sure. I think on overall private equity is very interesting to me. I'm not sure if I want to do that on the legal or on the business side, and so that's kind of the route that I've been taking with my JD MBA. I'm not really going to know, you know, exactly what I want to do until I experience kind of both aspects of that. Um, but something definitely aligned, you know, with like private equity and private transactions. I think is where I'm headed. Um, and then in terms of being like advice, I would give to people there's a couple things. So, I would always think about, you know, the goal. Whatever your goal is, I would I would write that down. Whether it's getting an internship, whether it's graduating, you know, summa cum laude, whatever it is, write down your goal, and then reverse engineer backwards. You know, with what steps it's actually going to take to get there. Right, and if you ever come at a crossroad for a decision and it's not in alignment with that goal, you know, I would just tell you not to do it that's something I think I had to learn the hard way. Um, but, you know, once I realized that everything kind of needed to be in accordance with my goals, my decisions have become a lot easier. Um, the way I spend my time has been much more efficient. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing, just having a clear understanding of what you want to do. Now, some of that, you know, is going to have to come through informational interviews and, you know, speaking to people in the industry, but whatever goal it is, I really would just urge people to, um, you know, think backwards from that goal and create a game plan um, as to how you're actually going to get there. Um, I also, you know, would never be afraid to shoot your shot. I think there's a lot of times when you think you're unqualified for something or, you know, someone might tell you that you shouldn't do this, but um, if it's something you really want to do, then I would just tell you to shoot your shot. Cause you really never know what's going to happen. Um, there was a lot of people telling me not to get the NBA um, or, you know, apply to this program that was for people that had, you know, working experience previously. Um, but you just really never know. Um, And I'd rather, you know, put the effort in and and get rejected than not put the effort in and and not know what could have happened. Um, And then lastly, and this has been the biggest thing for me kind of throughout law school and now in my MBA, um, is make sure that your effort is aligned, you know, in time with whatever goal you have, right? So a lot of people say like, oh, I wanna get straight A's or I wanna um, get this firm internship for the summer. But is what you're doing right now you know, aligned with that goal. Um, and so I think for me, we're just kind of cutting out a lot of distractions and things that were kind of provided short-term happiness, but, you know, were very fleeting at the same time. So um, just having that kind of internal drive um, to appreciate delayed gratification has been the biggest thing for me. and And I would really encourage other people to do that as well.
3: Wonderful. And lastly, we just have one more question for you. We were wondering, in what ways, if any, has your identity motivated your continued success through undergrad and your graduate career?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, as a Black man, um, part of it is just what I spoke about earlier, the lifting as you climb part. Um, Understanding that traditionally our community has been kind of shielded from the free game that we need to succeed professionally. Um, And so recognizing kind of now that I'm in the place that I'm at, and I've been able to secure these internships and go to these different places. Now I need to make sure that the next group of, of you know young black men have that information, um, which is something that you know myself and my co president Aaron um, were really intentional about when we were on campus and also just through wise with Mr. Coates. Um, I'm happy to see you guys are, are doing that as well now, but um, kind of keeping that pipeline open, I think, has been the biggest thing um, in recognizing my identity. Um, just because you know, as as black men, we we have to work harder um, than our counterparts, um, and so even you know, amongst that difficulty, just recognizing that you know you still need to allocate time to help others has been the biggest thing for me, and kind of pour in to the next generation of people.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, I don't know if Kevin wants to hop in, and you know, since since we got you on here. Um, you know I mean first of all this is just great information um I think this is great um, you know just just tools and resources and things that you' provided um, you know for you know, for our students and for those who are listening um, if there was anything that you would say that I won't say that you regret um, undergrad but if there's you know I guess say one thing that you wish you could have done better what would that be
1: I wish I could have done better.
0: Um... I mean, I know you're making it now, you know, you get ready to make the hundred thousand, you know, plus, you know, you really, you know, you know, the bank, you know, no, we're just kidding. But, but what would you have done? What would you have done
1: better? Uh, I think just be more present. Um, I think early on it was kind of, I was just so used to like what was going on in Nashville and always trying to stay up to date with like my friends that were still, you know, at home. I think it kind of restricted my ability early on to meet people and um, getting involved in the community and like hold leadership positions. Um, and I think just overall being present was big for me, man. Cause now I'm in class and I'm like, man, I wish I could go back and um, go back to, you know, St. Mary's when all my friends lived like within two doors of each other in singles. And we would go hoop in the St. Mary's gym every weekend. And like, there's things like that, that in the moment don't seem that big, but you know, as you move on in life, you can't really relive those moments anymore. And so um just appreciating the moment. Um, being fully present in the role that you're in, um, taking advantage of your professors. I mean, obviously I was able to to, um, meet a lot of great professors in poli sci and in some of my econ classes, but even, you know, talking to people like Dr. Cada or people in different departments would have been really big just to build that network. Um, And then also just holding more leadership positions. You know, I think it's one thing to be involved in an organization, but um being able to kind of affect change through a leadership role, I think is something I would have done more so, um, particularly in like organizations that aren't as diverse. So maybe thinking about like the Villanova like law and business society or something like that, where there traditionally aren't a lot of people that look like me, kind of holding leadership in those positions and being able to provide diverse perspectives um, is something I would have done differently.
2: That's great. And one thing I want to mention is um the first time I met Trey, I think we were in the same class. Uh, business stats. I believe he was a (laughs) freshman. And a lot of times at Villanova, like, I don't know if it's just the vibe, but some students think it's cool not to participate, you know, not to raise their hand and stuff like that. And Trey was always very vocal answering questions and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to be like this dude. So um, definitely that was huge uh, getting to meet him there. He got me involved with Wise. Uh, He remained a great mentor. And even right now, he's just passing on more free games. So thank you for sure for being on with us.
1: No, no problem, man. And and I would just say, man, anytime anyone needs anything, whether it's, you know, wise affiliated or not, um, feel free to reach out to me. You know, I'm always happy to help, always happy to make time. Um, Just like I said earlier, you know, I know how much other people poured into me as I was navigating all the space that I'm in now. So I'm definitely always happy to pay it forward. And to that point, you
3: just made paying it forward. Um, That's something that WISE is big on, and I just know that you, in particular, come through my experience um, as a student who is looking at possible JD opportunities, um, seeing how you've navigated, how you've been able to handle your experience within Villanova, and go and continue, and have that success. Um, I know a lot of students here are looking towards you. Um, Your continued success is something that we're all here rooting for, so we thank you once again for being able to come back and join us today.
1: No problem, man. You know, my heart is always with WISE, man. Absolutely,
3: man. Yeah, definitely. I was going
0: to get you, man, when you mentioned about the barbershop, shop, but we'll save that for another conversation. Because <laughs> I was, I was going to talk to you about that, but uh, you know the importance and just how that impacted you. What, what do you have? A, you you want to speak to that real quick? What? Just, yeah, man. It was. You know that voting. was probably.
1: And it, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up, right? Because even last year, in all my law firm interviews, they would ask, you know, what was my favorite extracurricular that I did, know over like, what was the most? You know, what what do I? And, what's the most fond memory of me at Nova and honestly was planning those cuts and combos events um, <laughs> because I know the impact that it had on campus in terms of, you right. know, helping students not have to take like an expensive Uber to Philly just to get a cut. Um, and also, cause it was just always good vibes in the, in the barbershop um, and being able to kind of, you know, with, with your help, Mr. Coates, um, you know, kind of bring something to fruition that Aaron and I just were like joking about one day in our dorm.
3: Right.
1: Um, you know, is, is, really, is really great to see, man, because I just I know how how much we enjoyed it. You know, I know how much the other students enjoyed it. I know how much the barbers enjoyed coming there every Sunday. Um, so I, that was that's definitely something I think about a lot. Man, even Aaron and I, we still send each other y'all's posts and y'all post cuts. I was like, man, this is great. Like,
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: don't be on campus. So then um, that was one of my favorite events, even if I had schoolwork to do or anything like that. man, I was always I was trying to be really present. Um, in those moments. I just knew how, how sweet it was.
0: Yeah. And you guys were, man. you guys were, you know, like I said, you know, the the co-creators and and co-innovators of of the whole wise, uh, you know, barbershop initiative and and the ideas and these guys now are carrying it through and taking it, you know, even higher. And we're, and we're looking to keep passing the buck man. that's what it's really all about. So just want to say, thank you, man, uh, just for joining us today, uh, giving us all this wisdom, um, if you had any last words, anything that you want to say um, to any other young men that are out there that are looking to, um, you know, either not even just, you know, pursue college, but, you know, to pursue, um, you know, careers in law or business or whatever they want to do. Just give me a couple words that you would you would give to them as, as a as a word of advice just to encourage.
1: Them. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was just always just keep going. Um, don't quit. You only you only fail once you quit. Um, so. You know, I would just encourage people to to chase their goals, no matter what you're hearing from outside noise, you know, just lock in. Um And, you know, if you put your mind on something, it's likely achievable. So I would just encourage people to kind of put their head down, um, think about where they want to be um, and make decisions that are, you know, in alignment with that goal. And always more, as I said earlier, always more than happy to help with anything. Um, So that goes for people from Nova, not from Nova, whatever it is, you know, definitely just want to help out this next generation of leaders. Hey,
0: ladies and gentlemen, you, you heard it first. You guys got anything?
3: Just thank you once again for coming out and sharing so much with us. I'm sure our guests and everybody who's listening will share the same sentiments. Thank you as well. Yes, sir. Thank you for the free game.
1: <laughs> always, always.
3: So we out, man. And what we'll do
0: is like I said, we'll, we'll definitely uh, look forward to having you back, man. And, and you got to do this again, but, but thanks again. Um, how can people contact you? Can they reach out to you on LinkedIn, social media? If you want to drop any of that? You know.
1: Yeah. Y'all, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, it'll be under John Ferguson, the third, but um, feel free to call me, Trey. And and happy to help if you just send me a message there.
0: Wonderful. So you guys heard it. Um, Mr. John Trey Ferguson. We call him Trey, co-creator of a lot of the work we've done. We've done here. Uh, Mr. Man, Mr. Smooth but he's about to be Mr. J.D. NBA pretty soon. I can mess with him like that. All right. Uh, but we just thank you for joining us again and uh, we'll see you next time and good luck to you and all that you're doing.
1: I appreciate y'all.
0: All right. Take care. Peace. Thank you for joining the Wise Guys podcast. We hope that you join us next time as we continue to highlight individuals, topics, and conversations to help college students learn, connect, and be inspired as they're through college.